0: I have heard a couple of times recently concerning what COVID has revealed about people, about the desire of people to belong. And I think that that is very evidently true amongst God's people in particular, that there is a desire for belonging that is just instilled deep within each of us as, as humans, that we have a desire for interpersonal connections and to, to be around people. I was talking to Brother Scott Harper, the pastor down at New Life, and he was telling me about, you know, different services he's been a part of lately where there'd be eight, nine, you know, ten different churches coming together for these special services. And, and and that's just instilled within us. And without having that for so long, that evidence of people's desire to belong, it's, it's been real and expressed uh, through these past 14 months. But there's also this innate character about each of us that looks for adventure. And if you don't believe me, if you just look at children, you'll see the innate character in children about a desire for adventure. I was at a birthday party this week that was just all about adventures. That was, the, in essence, the theme of the birthday party. It was about a little boy going on adventures. Listen, if you've ever watched little boys, they just got their mind on adventure all the time. You can have your mind on little or watch little girls and see that their mind is on adventure all the time. We were over at the Browns' houses yesterday and, and Faith was walking around with a, a frog in a cup. Actually, she was better than that. She had two frogs in two different cups. She had a frog for each hand looking for adventure. It's instilled in all of us. Now, as we grow older, maybe that twinkle in our eye, it, it dims a little bit, but, but I still think rooted in each of us is this interest and desire for adventure. It takes on different forms. It looks differently as we mature and get older. Sometimes the adventure that I look forward to is a Sunday afternoon nap. <laughs> that's the <laughs> I'm looking forward to that today. Sometimes that's the nature of the adventures that we're we're looking for as we get older. But each of us still has this this innate desire to us for these exciting and remarkable experiences. That's ultimately what it, what someone who's looking for adventure is looking for. Looking for exciting and remarkable experiences. That's how Merriam-Webster's dictionary defines it. to, To look for an exciting and remarkable adventure. And I think that there is no more exciting and remarkable adventure that you can embark on than the Christian life. The Christian life is a life of adventure. It is exciting. You might not think about it like that, but I think that if you pause and you just think about what the Scriptures teach us, if we were just kind of trying to summarize Scripture, it's just a count after a count of adventure after adventure. I want you to think about the reality of an old man being told by God to build a boat far away from water when it had never rained. Noah set out on an adventure because he had been called by God to build an ark. And people made fun of him. Yet he just had his nose to the grindstone on this adventure. He believed what God had told him. So he built that ark. And could you imagine what he thought of the first drop of rain that fell that day? For 40 days and for 40 nights, he was sailing the high seas on a boat that God had commanded him to build. He experienced adventure. You might say, well, Derek, you're you're kind of watering that down from a doctrinal perspective. Listen, all the doctrines are still there, but I want you to know what Noah experienced was an adventure. You think he was the same after that exciting and remarkable experience? I don't think he was. Think about Moses. (laughs) He was just on the backside of a desert one night, and he encountered a roadside bush that was on fire. And speaking to him out of that bush was God. A voice came from that bush and told him to take off his shoes because the place where he was standing was holy ground. And God called Moses there that night to lead his people out of years and generations of slavery in Egypt. Moses embarked on an adventure that night. We see that in how he came into Egypt and had to show himself back to the people of, of who he was by his birth as a Hebrew, as a child of Israel himself. How he showed forth unto Pharaoh those plagues that God would cause to befall upon the Egyptians. And ultimately that Pharaoh would let his people go and they crossed the Red Sea on dry ground and looked back to see the waters fall upon Pharaoh and his armies. He led God's children in the wilderness for some 40 years. You talk about an adventure. An adventure that we still think about and talk about. It's a remarkable and exciting experience that we look to even now. You don't think there's adventures in the Scriptures? There are. I have found in my own personal life that my life with Christ is an adventure. And it's awesome. Listen to me. The life that's lived with Christ and the life that is lived for Christ is the best life you'll ever live. It is a life that is filled with adventure and filled with goodness and filled with joy. Yes, there are bad times that happen to us and there are tragedies that befall us, but God teaches us and He shows us through those things that we might be ready for the next adventure. I want to talk a little bit about this today and I'm I'm going to try not to be too long. But I want you to look with me here in the 10th chapter of the book of Acts. Acts chapter 10. What we're going to read here is, is... Peter was before Cornelius, and essentially Cornelius had asked him to preach. And uh, so we're going to read what what Peter preached uh, here at the the request of, of Cornelius. Acts chapter 10, beginning at verse 34, the Scriptures read, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word, I say, you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which He did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed Him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with Him after He rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge both of the living and of the dead. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. And we'll stop right there where Peter concluded his message that day. Peter was preaching, and the substance, the essence of his message was about Jesus. And he told in, in the shortest possible summary in just five words, the summary of the life of Jesus, that Jesus went about doing good. That is the fullest and shortest possible summary we could ever try to, to fit Jesus' life into to describe it, that Jesus went about doing good. And we're going to see here in a minute about what that looked like and the adventure that we see with Jesus through all that that He went about doing good. Jesus' earthly ministry only lasted publicly for some three years but John records that if we were to have or if they were to have written down everything that Jesus done that that the world couldn't contain the volumes of what Jesus did, Jesus went about doing good, and Peter said, and we were witnesses of it. I sit around sometimes with my friends, and we reminisce about the things that we have done together. Most of them are pretty silly. A lot of them are, are a lot of fun. And sometimes we laugh just as hard thinking about, thinking back about something as we did in the moment when we experienced it. We relive our adventures is the point. Peter is talking about being a witness to the things that he had saw of Jesus who went about doing good and healed all of them that were oppressed of the devil. Peter had in his mind when he was proclaiming here to the Gentiles who Jesus was, the reality of what he had experienced having been called by Jesus Himself. Could you imagine what their conversations must have been like, these disciples who had been on these adventures with Jesus? how they might have sat around and said, do you all remember that one night when we were going out across the Sea of Galilee there and that storm came out of nowhere and we were bailing out water and man, it was like we were going to sink. And then somebody went and woke up Jesus and He came out and He said, peace, be still, and all at once the wind and the waves obeyed Him. Man, I can't forget that night. Can you? That was an adventure at the high, on the high seas, wasn't it? Or another time when they were out fishing, this was after Jesus had resurrected. Remember, He said that we were eyewitnesses. We ate and we drank with Him after His resurrection. How they probably felt. you remember that night we were out fishing and we got back to the shore and Jesus had breakfast ready. We didn't catch anything all night, but Jesus had plenty when we got back to shore had breakfast ready. You remember that, don't you? Peter, you're the one who took off your coats and you dove into the water to swim to shore to see Him. Man, that was a great night, wasn't it? That was the best breakfast I ever ate. How they must have relived their adventures. The reality is that these exciting and remarkable events, they cause our minds to stir and to remember what God has done and is able to do. And the reality is that each of us who have been called by God, each of us who have been saved by God's grace who are called to live after Him, and listen to me, if you've been saved by God's grace, you have been called to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. If you've been saved by God's grace, you have been called to live a holy life. If you've been saved by God's grace, you've been called out of the world to live for God. And you might say, well, Derek, that just does not sound nearly as interesting as the world does to me. I think if you were to ask this Peter about what he witnessed, you would realize that the life lived with Christ is far more exciting than a life that is lived for the world. I just gave you two examples. Well, I want to share two more examples with you here today. Read with me here as we look over in the 14th chapter of the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 14. This was another experience that they had uh, here on on the the high sea of Galilee. Uh, Here as we're going to read about Peter, the same one who was preaching here in the book of Acts, I want to tell you about an experience that he had, an adventure that he had. To give you some context while you're finding this in your Bibles, again, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 14. Jesus had just fed 5,000 people with just a handful of loaves of bread and a couple of fishes. I don't know exactly how much food the Browns had for us yesterday, but I'm convinced it was more than five loaves of bread and two fishes. Yet Jesus managed to feed 5,000 people with just that. And oh, by the way, they had some left over. They had already been on an adventure in which they saw Jesus feed 5,000. It was a miracle what Jesus did that day. Well, Jesus saw these crowds, and He knew that these crowds were going to be following after Him because He had provided food for them, that they would had their bellies fed, so that they were going to want to follow Him. And knowing that, Jesus went ahead and sent His disciples out ahead of Him, sent them out on the boat, and said, You guys go on, I'm going to send these crowds away. So Jesus stays back, and He sends these crowds away, and then He goes up to pray. We're going to read a little bit about that right here. Matthew chapter 14, beginning at verse 22. I'm going to read from the uh, 95 edition of the NASV here just for uh, clarity this morning. It says, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side, while he sent the crowds away. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray, and when it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, so this is very early in the morning according to to our clock, basically between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., it says, "...in the fourth watch of the night He came to them walking on the sea." When the disciples saw Him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, "'It is a ghost!' And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, "'Take courage! It is I! Do not be afraid!' Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Peter is always the one to to kind of be quick, to to want to prove out what what Jesus was doing. He saw Jesus coming, walking on the water. All the disciples thought it was a ghost or something, thought that they were imagining something. It was late at night. I could probably see them rubbing their eyes. Couldn't you? Are, Are we seeing things? Or Is that really Jesus walking on the water? So Peter says, Jesus, that's really you. Command me or ask me, have me come out to you on the water. Jesus responded, he said, come! <laughs> and Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water and came towards Jesus. You talk about an adventure. But seeing the wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out and said, Lord, save me! And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and took a hold of him and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got back into the boat, the wind stopped, and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, You are certainly or truly, You are the Son of God. You talk about a night I bet they look back on. An exciting and remarkable event. An adventure. That same Peter that walked on the water that night would later deny Jesus three times during Jesus' trial before He was crucified. Jesus knew that Peter was going to do that. I actually warned him that before the cock crowed, before the, the rooster crowed, that, that Peter was going to deny Him three times. But Peter gave Him this instruction. He said, but when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. He knew Peter's weaknesses. He, he knew that Peter was going to, to be faced with this which would cause him to deny Him. At one point, a, a, a little young girl came to him and said, weren't well, you one of those that was following, following Jesus? Just a little girl. And Peter wouldn't even own up to it before this little girl. Listen, Peter had flaws like me and you. But he had been on adventures with Jesus. And when the, the rooster crowed that morning, he remember what Jesus said? Peter was, was bitter in his heart that he had denied Jesus, that Jesus had told him that he was going to do. And he, he, he was forced and made to repent of that. But that same Peter who walked on the water, and that same Peter who he see denied Jesus three times, he was the same Peter that the Holy Ghost filled on the day of Pentecost and preached a message that sparked a revival that led to 3,000 souls being saved there that day in Jerusalem That is carried on now even from then to where we are today in 2021. The adventure keeps going. Isn't that incredible? Now, I've never been called by Jesus to walk on the water. I'll just be honest with you. If you asked me to, I'd have a lot of questions. I don't know about you, but I sink when I get in water. Maybe you've been called to walk on the water and you've never told anybody. If so, I would like to know about that. But the reality is is that when we follow after Jesus... There's things that we think we could never do, think that we would never see, places we think we would never go, people we never think that we would meet, that God puts in our lives, gives us to experiences, has us to go through, that we might prove out who He is, reveal His glory to those that are around us, and praise Him for the goodness that He discloses to His people. There are adventures that I've had with the Lord. There are some adventures that I've had with the Lord that have taken me to different places that I probably would have never been to otherwise. There's adventures that I've had that haven't taken me any further than my office and my study at home where He has taken me on an adventure in understanding His Word. But the reality is that I've had constantly, it seems like in my life, as I review it and look back on it, these exciting and remarkable experiences with the Lord that transcend anything else the world can offer. My favorite things in life are experiences. I like going to events. I like going to different places. If I had money that I had to choose how to spend, I probably wouldn't go buy something. I would use it to go experience something. I've been a part of some pretty cool things. But I want you to know the greatest experiences in my life, and it's still as true today as it's ever been, it has been those experiences with the Lord. Young people, I know that you're looking for adventure. Listen, I've been your age. I've been your age with some guys in this room who we've gone on adventures together. Me and Corey one time were driving out to Bolivar, Missouri for a youth revival meeting out there. We were driving in my old 98 Chevy S10. One of the features on this Chevy S10 just so happened to be that summer was that it didn't have air conditioning. We were a couple of young guys, we thought that's no problem, so we rode to the Illinois line with our windows down. When Corey got the bright idea, said, let's see how long we can drive with the windows up. Worst idea he's ever had. We made it a good long while. We eventually even stopped talking because we were just so stopped up and stuffed up there in that short cab Chevy. And then all at once we looked over at each other and saw the sweat dripping off our faces and started busting out laughing and rolled those windows down quicker than you'd ever believe. We were on an adventure. Young people, you have a, a, a tendency just by your innate nature and your age and your hearts to want to experience adventure. Adventure. And you look around and you see society you see all the adventures that they have to offer. But listen to me. There is no greater adventure that you will ever experience than living a life for the Lord. It just, nothing else can measure up. You ask some of us around you to tell us about our adventures with the Lord. Number one... I can promise you you're going to need to sit down because you're going to be a while because we get excited talking about some of those things. No matter how old you are, you can sit down and talk to Brother Leland about his adventures that he's gone on in his life. And they're, they're fun to talk about. <laughs> you can talk to Sister Diane about her adventures. My favorite adventure that I've ever heard Sister Diane go on took place underneath a hardy sign at the northeast corner of Tracy Road in 31, where God saved her. That was an adventure, wasn't it, Sister Diane? That was the best adventure she had ever had from her house to work she'd ever been on, I'm sure. An exciting and remarkable experience. I want to give you one other example here in the Scriptures. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We'll begin reading at verse 22. Once again, I'm going to read from the NASB 95 edition just for the sake here of trying to make some sense of this. Because this is Paul. So Paul is going to tell us about his adventures. And to remind you a little bit about Paul, this was the one who was well known for going and for being someone who was going out to persecute Christians. In fact, there was one time Paul was going on an adventure to go and persecute Christians. He was on his way to Damascus. And what had happened was he had gotten kind of authority there to, to go to Damascus to, to persecute Christians and he was on his way and he had an adventure there. He was, he was traveling on his way there and all at once he was made that, that he saw a bright light and he saw that no one else could see and he was called there by Jesus to repent. He had an adventure that caused him to come to know Jesus. And from that point on, he spent three years learning at the feet of Gamaliel. Then he went and he was planting churches and preaching the gospel from Rome to Jerusalem and just about everywhere in between. And here in 2 Corinthians, he's writing to the Corinthians. They were uh, There's this church there in Corinth. They were having this influence of these false leaders, these false preachers that were coming into the church. And Paul is refuting them. And we're gonna read here where Paul is refuting them by giving evidence of the reality of what he had seen and what he had done. Read with me here in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 at verse 22. He says, Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I speak as if, as if insane. I'm more so in far more labors, in far more imprisonments, beaten times without number, often in danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have spent in the deep. I have been on frequent journeys. In dangers from rivers. Dangers from robbers. Dangers from my countrymen. Dangers from Gentiles. Dangers in the city. Dangers in the wilderness. Dangers on the sea. Dangers amongst false brethren. I have been in labor in. "...hardship through many sleepless nights, in hunger and in thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. Apart from such external things, there is this daily pressure on me of concern for all the churches, who is weak without my being weak, who is led into sin without my intense concern. If I have to boast, I will boast of what pertains to my weakness." The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, He who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. Listen to these last two verses. In Damascus, the Ethnarch under Aritas, the king was guarding the city of the Damascenes in order to seize me. And I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and so escaped his hands. Paul had been on some adventures. Did you hear that last part? He was being faced, he was in Damascus, and the, the, the guard there, the, the person that was in charge of, of governing that city, had, had made a plan and desire to, to arrest him. And he avoided being arrested by being lowered out a window in a basket. Have you ever been on an adventure like that? You probably haven't. But Paul did. And he did it following after Christ. Now you might say, well, Derek, Paul's life there didn't sound... All that fun. Didn't you read about how he was cold and how he went without food and been shipwrecked and all those things? I did. But haven't you read how Paul found that all he had experienced and known was joy in the Lord? He counted all of his weaknesses as reason to praise God for strength. He had been on adventures with the Lord where he knew the only way that he was able to persevere, the only way he was able to endure and enduring a day and a night out in the deep was that God had been with him. His adventures had taken him from Jerusalem to Rome and everywhere in between for the Lord. There's a... Old man from the country, southwest Missouri, became a missionary to the island of Jamaica. Now a missionary in the Bahamas, following the Lord, taking him places he never thought he'd go. There's a missionary from Georgia, became a missionary to different countries in Africa, from Kenya to Ghana, other countries. Nobody here outside of probably this church would know of Brother Rick Jones or of Brother Paul Bryson. They don't make the news every night. They've gone on adventures with the Lord. Places that you would never expect somebody to see. People you would never expect somebody to meet. But God has led them on adventures. The point that I'm trying to make to you today is that in a world in which all of us have this innate desire for adventure, there's adventure to be had in the Christian life. I told you one adventure I had. It was kind of a silly one with me and Corey. But probably one of the most meaningful adventures I've ever been on with the Lord was the adventure that led me to to meet my wife. You see... We all, me and Corey and Jeremy moved in together. We were just three young guys who decided that we can make it in a 600 square foot house and we had a lot of fun and, and did some silly things. But over time, when we establish these connections, we meet people around them and lo and behold, I, I meet Tiffany. And lo and behold, we fall in love. And lo and behold, somebody from Hendersonville, Tennessee meets somebody from Franklin, Indiana. They fall in love and they get married. And wouldn't you know it? That God blesses that union with children. And now Lila and Maverick and Eleanor can be brought up to hear the Gospel and God willing one day they'll be saved. And they can grow up making me spouses from who knows where what God has in store for them. And the adventure can just keep going. Isn't that incredible? Under what circumstances... Does that happen apart from living a life for Christ? Listen to me. You've heard me say it before that sin will take you further than you want to go, leave you there longer than you want to be, and it will make your life a wreck for taking you there. But living a life for the Lord will take you to the most privileged places you'll ever stand, allow you to meet the closest friends you'll ever have, to experience moments that you will never forget, and all the while, allow you to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. There are places I've been that I would never have been to if it wasn't for following the Lord. And I have... Have probably compared to other ministers, other preachers, others of you, I've probably experienced much less than what you have. You ever had Monocle's pizza? I had it before it was cool, before it came to Indiana. I had it because I went and preached out in Washington, Illinois. I wouldn't have gone and preached out in Washington, Illinois if it wasn't for the Lord you know I can tell you a story about being out in Washington, Illinois in which my wife sent a Mentos flying across one side of a church to the other? <laughs> exciting and remarkable experiences following the Lord. I bet you've had your own. I won't keep going. But the point that I'm trying to leave you with and still you with, especially you young people, is that I know sometimes you think even entering into this week of services, you mean I got to go to church every night. That just doesn't sound Exciting. I've been in your shoes. I've had those thoughts run through my mind. But I want you to know as I've gotten a little bit older and I can look back on the adventures and the experience that I've had, is that the life lived for Christ promises you adventures. And so I want to encourage you today to consider these things. The Christian life is a life of adventure. It is good, it is exciting, it's remarkable. It's joyous. And if God has saved you, He has called you to follow Him. If you've been saved by God's grace, you've been called to live a Christian life. You've been called to follow the Lord in the adventure of the Christian life. Probably the most well-known adventure that's ever been put with regard to the Christian life is Pilgrim's Progress. and I know some of you have read that. Probably several of you. Many of you have read that. And that... That story, that account that we see written there, it's an adventure that we see Christian going on, isn't it? The reality is is that the life that we see being described there, the life that we live after Christ, is a life of adventure. And I want to recommend it to you. So today, this week, as we enter into revival, I want to encourage you, set your mind on the Lord. Set your mind on what God has called you to. Set your mind, set your heart on an adventure that will change your life. It'll change your life. You might say, Well, Derek, you know, I I, I just don't have direction for my life. I was talking to my next door neighbor yesterday, and he was telling me about his, his daughter's new boyfriend. He said, I don't like him. And I said, Well, why don't you like him? He said, well, I asked him what plans he had for his life, and he told me, right now, my only plan is to meet you. And he said, I thought this boy has no plans for his life. How is he going to ever date my daughter? Now, We'll leave my my neighbor's concerns to himself. the point was, he met a young man who had no purpose or direction for his life. There are some of you today, you say, I just don't know my purpose. I don't know my direction in life. Listen, I want to recommend to you. I want to encourage you. I instruct you to go and fall on your face before the Lord and ask Him to reveal to you the purpose for which He has called you. If He if He's saved you, He's called you to something. So ask Him to reveal that to you. Open up the Scriptures and study it and and read about these different adventures. Read about these different things that we see in the Scriptures that God might show to you by His Word what it is that He's called you to do, what it is that He's purposed for you in your life. Listen, the, the Christian is not to be one like would be out in the world that just lives life from day to day with no sense of purpose or direction. If you've been saved by God's grace, God has a purpose for your life. And I'm not just saying that by some health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. I'm saying that because God has a purpose for those that He has called, for those that He has redeemed, for those that He has saved. He has a purpose for your life. And there's adventure in it. There's adventure in it. It's an exciting and remarkable experience. If you read the next verse down from what I read there in the book of Acts, it says that while Peter was preaching that the Holy Ghost fell upon those people. Wives were changed. When you find yourself hooked up with the Spirit of God, when you find yourself living for the purpose to which God has called you, when you find yourself living after the footsteps of Jesus Christ, You will find that there is purpose and direction. You will find that there is adventure that awaits you. You will find that you have power with God. You will find that you have joy, that you have peace, that you have understanding revealed to you, that you can persevere the most awfulest things that will ever happen to you in your life. Why? Because God knows exactly the purpose to which He has called you. And He will has promised that He will be with you every step of the way. It's the best adventure you'll ever go on. It's better than Huckleberry Finn. It's better than anything Mark Twain ever wrote about. It's the best adventure you'll ever take. Last weekend my wife and I all in with this. My wife and I we went down to Gulf Shores for our 10th wedding anniversary. It was the first time we got on an adventure just the two of us in a long time. It took us a little while to to kind of remember how to do that, especially in a car that wasn't ours we weren't familiar with. But I want you to know by the time we got there, we were in lockstep having a blast going on adventures that had us meeting people and and eating random tacos out of food trucks and all sorts of things that were fun. An adventure that we'll look back on and saying, you remember that time when we went to Gulf Shores? Do you remember the first time we went to Gulf Shores when we got married? Do you remember all that led to that and how the Lord has been with us every step of the adventure. I'm on an adventure with Christ. I want you to be on one too. And I hope it excites your heart, that it sparks your imagination like it excites and sparks mine. We've got an adventure we're going to be entering into this week. Or at least I hope it's an adventure. I hope it's an exciting and remarkable event, this revival. People still talk about that first revival that we had here at Faith Church after I first became pastor here. That would have been, I guess, in the spring and June of 2013. It was an exciting and remarkable event. The air conditioner went out that first night. It was hot. Man, we just sweated. It was sweat. Man, the Lord is with us. Souls were saved. The church was revitalized. We had an adventure that we look on, not back on because it was an exciting and remarkable experience. My wife broke her foot that afternoon right before revival started. <laughs> we persevered through all those things and the Lord blessed His people. Are you guys ready for revival? Are you ready for whatever the adventure the Lord has in store for us? I want to recommend to you the adventure of a life was with Christ. I thank you for listening to me. May God bless you. May God bless his message today. Something the Lord wants you to say or do.